Moms Unscripted is a production of Mops International. If you'd like to find a group near you, go to mops.org forward slash group search. If you'd like to start a group, go to mops.org forward slash start a group. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. I once heard Oprah say these words. I've learned that you can't have everything and do everything at the same time. I've heard the exact same words said a few different ways from a number of different high-powered women, and it always makes me think, then why are so many of us trying to have everything and do everything all at the same time? Today, we're talking with Meredith King, and we are hoping that she'll help us pull back the curtain and examine the realities of work and mothering and that elusive thing we all seem to be in search of, balance. We have a lot of questions teed up for her today and can't wait to share her wisdom and experience with you. Meredith King catalyzes ministry leaders with compelling, biblically-based resources proven to strengthen kingdom building for higher impact. In addition to two decades of ministry and nonprofit leadership, Meredith pulls from her lived experience as a pastor's kid, pastor's wife, and working mom. Meredith is the executive director of Integris Leadership, founder and board member of True to Life Ministries, and the author of Immovable, Reflections to Build Your Life and Leadership on Solid Ground. She and her husband, David, have been married for 15 years. They're high school sweethearts, super cute and have two kids, Abigail and Ella. And Meredith says that she joyfully survives on coffee and queso. Welcome to the show, (laughs) Meredith. I am thrilled to be with all of you. I love the podcast. I'm a big fan of Mops, the tiny bit that I've gotten to be involved with Sherry and Leanna. And so this is a treat for me. It really is. We're curious. So since we've been experiencing the pandemic, it seems like there's a new season that all of us working parents have kind of entered into where the pandemic hit this reset button. And now a lot of people are reprioritizing what's important for them and their families and asking for what they need from their employers or maybe totally reevaluating their lives and making big decisions for their families. So we're curious if you've seen this. You know, I really have. And I think that when everything shut down, it opened a lot of our minds to possibilities we'd never considered. Fewer extracurriculars, extra time at home with our families, what it looks like to work remote if that was a new experience for working parents. So I think there was a massive adjustment on the front end. I think what a lot of people weren't expecting was the massive adjustment when things kind of started returning to normal. And I know normal's relative. A lot of it depends on geography and where you are and how open things are and and what's happening. There was a grieving process for sure when things shut down and we all realized it's not going to be fast. We're going to be in this unknown season for quite a while. I don't think people were prepared for the grieving process Mm -hmm maybe going back into the workplace Mm -hmm. and the amount of change that came with it, right? And what we know is that all change includes loss and loss has to be grieved. And we experienced a lot of grief when we were at home, missing connection, missing normalcy, missing our day-to-day routines. But at some point, a lot of people found new rhythms, even though many would say it was very hard. It was a very difficult season trying to homeschool your kids or do virtual school and work and, 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 and nothing was normal or familiar about it. But there was something that I think took us by surprise 
maybe it caught us a little bit off guard going back into the workplace. And so the leaders and, and moms and uh, others that I get to talk to, Mandy, are having a hard time going back into those new rhythms. Kids are struggling, I think, going back into the classroom and different lengths of school weeks and lengths of school days, and it was virtual and now it's back in person. And it's almost like we're having to relearn what all of that looks like. And I think one of the things that's really important in the conversations that I've had the opportunity to have is that you're right. There are a lot of people who are reconsidering their priorities. What do I want my life to look like moving forward? Do I really want to go back to quote unquote, the way things were, whatever that means. And there are people who are making very big decisions about what their work life is going to look like, what their home life is going to look like in the future. And at the same time, we have in the workspace, employers trying to navigate, how do Mm -hmm. we make sure people actually have jobs? Mm -hmm. How do we bring them back together? And and protect our workforce? And and what does it look like to reinvent the mission of our organization and bringing people back together? And from a leader side, they're bringing people maybe back into an office space who aren't entirely sure they want to be there. It's hard on every side. And I think for all of us, one thing that, that I believe is really important for us to remember is that we need to be careful not to misplace our frustration. We need to give ourselves some space to realize that change is hard. Even good change is really hard. So we've got to give it some time. Uh, We've got to acknowledge the loss. Mm -hmm. Even if we're grateful to be going back to work or whatever the case may be, there's still a loss there. Uh, We need to acknowledge that. And then I think it's important to kind of mark the good things from the season we're transitioning out of to actually take some time to celebrate what, what was the good that came out of that? Maybe I value time, you know, with my family or my children or my neighbors differently than I did before, or, or we have some neat memories. We need to mark those and celebrate those. Um, and so I, I don't think we're going to see the end of those transitions anytime soon. I think they're going to keep going, but there's a lot of people asking a lot of questions on all sides, I think, right now. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. Curious what you guys are seeing um, on that front as well. Well, I know I've I've definitely seen a lot of news about that very thing, especially in service industries like restaurants and people, mm-hmm. because we know that restaurant hours are always really tough. It's really hard to have a family in, in that kind of environment. And a lot of people are saying, you know what? No, I've spent so much time with my family. I love them so much. And now I'm completely burnt out and I have no desire to give up my family again. And I know I was having this conversation with Kristen, you know, we come into the office to do these podcasts. We come in because we have to do stuff and I loved going into the office beforehand and like interacting with the team and all that kind of stuff. But then I found myself after the pandemic being like, man, now I've got to give up an hour and a half of my day to drive Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. to do, to do this thing. And I love doing it, but like it's, it was like something I've never even experienced before. And I was like, oh man, now hour and a half. Oh, we're next day, another hour and a half. And I was like, man, okay. All right. Well, that's just what we have to do. But like, there's that moment of where, oh, it's just so nice to just be able to work from home. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know if any of y'all have experienced that, but I didn't expect it because I just, 
I enjoy dri- the drive. I enjoy listening yeah. to my audio book, the yeah. process of getting ready. And like, yeah. I enjoy that, but it was the first time I'd really started to feel <laughs> yeah. Ugh, like driving. Ugh, like, but then I was becoming that person. <laughs> like, right. Oh. right. I didn't. Well, and I, I think there's those unexpected moments too, mm-hmm. for those who needed to work from home during this crazy season where you know, you go from a Zoom meeting, you run into the kitchen, you hug your kids, you grab a snack. Whereas before in the workplace, I mean, your your work sphere of influence are people that you love and care about, hopefully. Uh, but the conversation's different. The mental space is different. You run to the break room, you you grab a snack from there. And in the back of your mind are all of the things at home that that maybe still need to be tended to, but you're not there to do it. And mm-hmm. so that's exactly what I'm talking about, Matt. I think we found some unexpected joys in unexpected places by, you know, having those unscheduled moments with our family or even just being at home. And now we're like, are we giving that up? And yeah. if we are, there's a loss there. Yeah. Even if we're okay yeah. with going back to the commute or going back to the office, there's still a loss. Mm-hmm. But I have a question. Okay, so what? So during the pandemic, okay, prior to the pandemic, our work life and our home life remained much more separated. Mm-hmm. Then they got merged because of the pandemic, because we were home. Yeah. So does that mean, though, that we have greater work-life balance now because those things became merged? Or do you think that um, it's only just simply leading to burnout because those – those like, I, I don't know. Is this a positive? Is it a negative? Is it helping us achieve better balance? Good and that's question. why people are saying, wait a second. I like this. I like the fact that I can run into the kitchen and hug my daughter and, and run back out and get on a zoom call with an, like my life is more merged. And so that feels more balanced to me. Is it actually balance? Mm. Maybe it is, or is it a path to burnout? Well, I think it depends on the person and the job that you're doing. I think there's a lot of contributing factors. So I can't speak for the masses, but I can definitely speak to my own experience that it was a path to burnout Mm. um, because the mental space was so convoluted and crowded that it was really hard to have boundaries. You know, Matt, you talk about a Mm. commute. Um, Now, it sounds like you have a really long commute, but you know, even 15 minutes in the car can be enough to kind of make those mental shifts. And so I'm seeing a lot of people overworking because it's convenient to do so, uh, because it's just in the next room or you're that much closer Mm -hmm. tied into your laptop or to your devices. And I'm seeing an increase in my, I've experienced the struggle myself and I see it in the leaders that I get to serve an increase in feeling like I'm not winning anywhere because no one's getting my full attention. Or if they are getting my full attention, there's more, you know, frequent interruptions or the, my ability to give attention is shorter and that leads to frustration. So, uh, I think that's why, you know, Mandy said there's a lot of people evaluating. I think that's why it's, it's complicated for us to evaluate, uh, the good, the hard, what's the right next step for our family? Because while we love those moments where we get to hug a kid or kiss a spouse or grab, you know, something that we like from our own kitchen or change the laundry or do some dishes real quick, uh, there's also the reality that for a lot of people, 
I think they're surprised by how tired they are because they've been at home. And maybe previously being at home more often was a place of rest, but now mm-hmm. it's work and all of the lifing that mm-hmm. we need to do, the adulting, the momming, the lifing. And and so now we're tired and we're kind of surprised by that because we've spent so much time at home. But that doesn't mean it's been restful time. Mm-hmm. Right. That's interesting. I um I guess I I you just you just you changed the answer of what I had in my head that yes you've now perfected mommy slash work because you're doing both and you're you know trying to do them both well but completely like anything if I'm not um, in complete you know full attention with you because I'm thinking about something else that's what it sounds like you're saying. That mm-hmm. even, you know, how many Zoom calls did you see a kid run in, you know, yes. and they're in the next room or you hear baby crying or, you know, you think you can just quickly go throw the wash into the dry, into the dryer. You do have, I felt like more distractions at home than when you are in the office. You don't have the family and home stuff to think about. And and separately from Matt, I'm a, an extrovert, so I missed being here um, I think my the only bummer was that I had to put on real clothes, you know, <laughs> after a year of like not caring what I had on. But coming into the office was always cool. But yet, or it has been cool. But but I'm hearing what you're saying though. It's not it, we're really not doing both or either well. Well, like I said, I don't I don't think we can make a blanket statement that applies to everyone. Mm-hmm. But I do think what we're talking about here is a struggle that's very felt, mm-hmm. um, especially by moms, right? Where where you really want to give your all and you have those high expectations for yourself of what it looks like to win at work and what it looks like to to mom well. And when those things can't line up, that increases our mental load and our emotional stress, I think. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think we're seeing a lot of that. I really do. And I, there's kind of this low grade fatigue that just kind of, you know, is the undercurrent of the day. And it's not one reason it's a thousand reasons. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the, the stress too, usually when stress is happening in our lives, it's coming from one direction. What's different about this season that we've all been living and working through is that the stress was coming from all directions. And so, and it's kind of still there and, Mm -hmm. and it's, we don't know when it's going to end or if it will. And so I think, I think a lot of that unknown, um, is hard. I think it's really hard. You mentioned burnout Meredith. And I think that's a, um, like just a super important concept. You mentioned that you've been through it yourself personally. You told mm-hmm. us about that um, outside of this interview. And so is, is talk to us a little bit about burnout. Is it even something that's preventable? Is it inevitable in every mom's life or working mom's life or any human that's going through the, that's living in the world right now? Um, and, and then once you realized you were in burnout, maybe how did you know? And then what do you do? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So in 2009, my husband and I started a nonprofit organization, which was phenomenal. It was absolutely incredible. It was an exciting season and also very challenging. I mean, remember 2009, the economy was kind of in the tank. It was not a very logical time (laughs) necessarily (laughs) to start a, a nonprofit, a ministry. And so for years, I just kind of put the pedal to the metal 
to build and to create in the process of that, uh, got pregnant with our first child, experienced severe postpartum depression after that, while still trying to build an organization and keep all of the pieces in motion. And so for me, I think that I kind of lost sight of what a sustainable pace looks like and what my priorities really were. And that that at times they needed to change, right? So fast forward several years, uh, the ministry was thriving. Uh, My second daughter came along, which was wonderful. And uh, I did deal with some postpartum after that, kind of got on the other side of that postpartum depression. And uh, it was was an especially stressful season that kind of was prolonged um, in the organization. So I was burning the candle at all of the ends when when our family dynamic changed, I didn't change the pace at, with, at which mm-hmm. I was working. I didn't mm-hmm. change the expectations there. I just kept trying to give everything mm-hmm. 100%, which is not possible. And eventually, I remember the day. It, I'm, burnout doesn't hit suddenly. It's a gradual process, mm-hmm. right? Like it, It's not like a cold that just suddenly comes on. Burnout slowly builds over time. And so all the warning signs were there, y'all. I mean, they, my husband could see them. Other people could see them. I couldn't see them because I was so focused on just keeping up and doing the next thing. So it felt like it came on suddenly to me, but it really didn't. But I do remember the day that I realized it was there. I woke up one morning and my body hurt from head to toe Mm. and I couldn't stop crying. And I was just having anxiety, like rolling anxiety uh, that just was relentless. And Mm. at the time, my husband was on a missions trip overseas and I had these two little girls and, and I called my doctor and I'm like, I think my health is failing. I don't know what's going on. And she asked me a series of questions. We ran some tests and eventually she came back to me and she said, Meredith, do you have some health challenges? Yes. And we need to address those. But you're burned out. You were absolutely burned out and you've got to make some drastic decisions and changes if you're going to go back to health emotionally, mentally, physically, and it's not going to be fast. And that was really hard for me because Mm. I'm a fixer. I I like quick solutions. If we have a problem, let's find a solution. Let's get it done. Let's keep moving, right? That's my natural perspective. And so it was very humbling and very challenging. You know, my husband came home to go, I think you've been right. I really do think I am burned out. And it wasn't one solution. There were a lot of things that kind of came together to help me move forward in that season. I actually didn't leave the organization. I didn't quit my job. Um, I did scale back my pace. I worked with a holistic doctor to help address the health issues Mm. that were going on. Um, I got some outside help, um, counseling and different things like that to give me some tools that I needed to deal with the emotional part. I think a differentiation between burnout and just being tired is we all go through seasons of being tired and maybe even overwhelmed, right? I mean, there's nobody on the planet that hasn't, hasn't gone through that. And with some modifications, some reset, some rest, you kind of bounce back. Burnout from my perspective is when that doesn't work anymore, right? You don't just need a vacation or a nap. Uh, You really are going to have to make substantial changes to move forward. And burnout can have 
significant impacts on your health. It did mine, right? Um, it can have significant impact on your mental and emotional health. It did mine. Um, uh, depression can certainly be a part of burnout. So I think burnout, we, we hear that word kind of flippantly used. And I think sometimes we're describing the fact that we're tired or maybe overworked Mm -hmm. or overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. but I think true burnout is, is a much deeper, much longer road, maybe even. I think that's so true. And I know I've experienced in my own life, like I think sometimes as leaders, we think it's the big things that are going to get you. But oftentimes it's death by paper cuts, where it's a lot of little things over the course of your life that you'd think shouldn't be that big of a deal. And then you don't realize until you look back and go, oh, there's a gaping wound from all of these paper cuts that I didn't even realize were there. And one of the things that got me, I was working with an executive coach once and he was like, hey, um, you have the tendency to make life so much harder than it needs to be. Mm. So an example of that is like, I'm dreading a phone call. And so for a couple of days beforehand, I'm like rehearsing it in my mind and I'm feeling mm-hmm. stressed about it and I'm dreading it and I'm anticipating how it's going to go and then what's going to happen afterward. And then I make the phone call and afterwards I'm like, that wasn't so bad. Mm-hmm. Like, why was <laughs> I, why did I spend all that time and energy um, worrying about something that was it it was going to be perfectly fine. And so I'm curious, what things do you see leaders take on or tendencies that women have um, that actually don't serve us well? Are there any common things that you see across the board? Well, I I love your example, Mandy. And I think that I, I know it resonates with me and I bet it resonates with a lot of people listening to this conversation, just the mental load of rehearsing what's coming up or trying to anticipate what's next or what's right around the corner. I think that's a huge tendency. Why? Because we, we want things to be okay. We want to be okay. We want the other people in our lives to be okay. And so we, we do often make things a little harder than they have to be. You know, I think for me, one of the big aha moments is I was kind of on this healing journey. I had dialed back my work schedule to about three quarter time. Um, some days, you know, I I couldn't even finish the day that I had planned because I felt so crummy and, you know, communicating with the team that that needed to be the season that we were in, that it wasn't going to look the same, that it wasn't going to be the same. In the midst of that, God did a work in my heart to help me see things a little differently, to help me kind of gain a new perspective. And one of the perspectives that really shifted for me was I had confused productivity with fruitfulness and they're not the same thing. And I think there are a lot of leaders and moms and women and and men too, who confuse productivity with fruitfulness. It comes from John 15, right? Where Jesus is talking about Uh, the vine and the branches, and the fact that he has chosen and appointed us to bear fruit that lasts. And in that analogy of vine and branches, it's really beautiful because he's so clear when he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So to a high capacity leader, uh, to somebody who's an achiever or who is focused on checking things off of a list, That's a pretty humbling thing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The purpose of the vine is to push all the nutrients, all the life, all the goodness that that branch needs to bear fruit. 
the branch's responsibility is to abide. Jesus uses that word a ton in that passage, remain in me or abide in me, depending on your translation. But our part is to abide. His part is to produce the fruit and no tree bears fruit year round. No tree bears fruit year round. But yet I had kind of moved into a season of my life and maybe, maybe this is going to ring true with somebody else as well. I'd moved into a season of my life where I thought productivity equaled fruitfulness. So when I read John 15 prior to that season, and it talked about bearing fruit, I immediately thought about all the things that I needed to do to produce more fruit. And that's missing the entire point of Jesus's conversation right there. Our part is to abide. His part is to produce the fruit. And so kind of taking that a step further, I think there are a lot of people who don't value, I didn't value rhythms of rest. It seemed foreign to me, right? It looked like laziness to prioritize rest because I had confused productivity with fruitfulness. They are not the same thing. You can be incredibly productive and not have lasting fruit. Mm -hmm. No Mm -hmm. tree bears fruit year round. Every fruit bearing tree requires seasons and rhythms of rest. And those rhythms of rest where there's no outward fruit, no outward productivity, those are some of the most helpful, meaningful seasons. And so I think, Mandy, that a lot of people have just missed the importance and the priority of having rhythms of rest. We think that it applies to someone else. Maybe it's a, we think it's a luxury that we can't afford. Maybe we think that, you know, people, very smart people say ridiculous things like, I'll rest when I'm dead or like (laughs) when I get to heaven, like I can rest then. But right now I've got to push the pedal to the metal. My kids need this for me. Uh, My job needs this for me. And we're going to go, go, go. And we forget that we actually need that. And that was the first rhythm that I think that went, left my life, that was kind of like the first step into the trajectory that led to burnout. Wasn't the only contributing factor, but it was a big one. Motherhood is such like a formative thing. It's so catalytic in our lives, I feel like. (laughs) It really is in so many ways. Mm -hmm. I could list 25 other things, right? So true. Absolutely. Well, Meredith, it has been so great to talk with you. Thank you so much for providing perspective um, for all of us working parents. And um, it's just been so incredibly helpful. Mm. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the invitation. I love mops. And it's fun to get to be a small part of it in this conversation. Hey friends, thank you for joining us for Moms Unscripted, a production of Mops International. A quick reminder that opinions discussed are solely the opinions of the individuals and do not necessarily represent the organization. For more information on today's episode, please visit mops.org backslash Moms Unscripted podcast for show notes. And join us again next week for another unscripted conversation around the Mops table.